Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, everybody out there in the podcast universe and those who are watching us live on various outlets. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we're so honored that you are here. Hey, this is the Grace for This City podcast, and we are helping you turn cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we are giving you scriptural motivation and strategies that will help you get out there and get some stuff done for King Jesus, friend. Hallelujah. He's helping you right wrongs. The world's twisted, perverted, but I'm telling you, the word of truth will right somebody's life. That's what righteousness does. What is righteousness, by the way? It is the right way of doing and being. How is that true? Because you've got Jesus, the teacher, hallelujah, on the inside of you, the word of truth on the inside of you, and he's helping you, friends. Hallelujah. Hey, listen, uh, we want to bless people. That's what we do. And uh, one way we have discovered that has just been a blessing to a folks is to uh, mail them a free CD. Hallelujah. Everybody loves free stuff. If you know somebody that would be blessed by a particular episode or a podcast that we did uh, that you are familiar with and you're like, you know, I'm thinking of somebody that and they, they really should hear that. Uh, we'll, we'll mail them a CD at no charge. I've got one right here. This is Grace, our trainer. Did a series on Grace. Uh, Grace is a trainer. Grace is a teacher. This one's the trainer. This is episode 125. Listen, send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv. And we'll mail it to your special someone at no charge. It would be our honor to do that. Listen, the word the, the Lord said, get the word out there. Don't seek to get your name out there. He said, seek to get the word out. And that's what we're trying to do. Also, I want to invite you to participate in a studio project. That's right. Help us build out our new studio. And we've got a facility on, on our property. We already have the building. We just need to fill it in. And uh, we believe we can fit three studios over there. One of them would be like a sit-down interview style. Uh, the other studio would be an expanded podcast studio. And then lastly, the third studio set over there will be what we're calling Equippers Academy and Equippers University, and where we can produce content that will help even new believers all the way up to those you've been walking with the Lord those uh, mature saints, it's going to be phenomenal. And so we invite you to participate. Any gift that you would uh, consider giving is tax deductible. And you can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. You can select in the drop down menu, Studio Project. In advance, I say thank you for helping us build out that vision and uh, allow us to get more materials out there around the world. We've been in something like 155 nations so far, and it's growing. And so we thank you for participating with us in that. All right, let's jump into the podcast today. And uh, I want to talk about something that we need to be aware of in these last days. And uh, we'll wind up here talking about four, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, no, six, six different types of people that we may need to be on the lookout for. Now, let's start right here in um, Jude chapter 1. There's only one chapter in Jude. And verse 1 of Jude chapter 1, he's writing and he says that uh, he's a bondservant of Jesus Christ, brother of James, 
And he's writing to those, he says, who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Now, he's writing to the ecclesia. What is the ecclesia? It's a Greek word translated church. And so in most English Bibles, you'll see the word church. It's, trans, it, it's translated from the Greek word ecclesia. Now, there's a lot of teachings out there on ecclesia. And uh, in my opinion, I think it stretches into some exaggerations. But really, what is the basis of this word? It is compound word that's basically meaning called out ones. But they are called out of something in order to be arranged or called into something else. Well, what is that something else? Well, the Bible gives us uh, information on that something else, the bride of Christ, that's the ecclesia, the body of Christ, that's the ecclesia, the temple of the Holy Ghost, that's the ecclesia. There may be some other metaphors. You know, of course, it would be a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation, all right, so the, this is the ecclesia, and uh, you and I, if 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 you are born again, then you and I, because I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. If you do, then you and I are part of the ecclesia. All right, so he's writing to them, those who are preserved in Christ. Now look at what he says here. He goes on to say, he said, beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary. Instead, to write and exhort you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered for the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. Wow. All right, I'm going to pause right there, and then we're going to look at this verse 4 in another translation. But he's saying, you know, I started to write to you about just our common salvation, encouraging you in this. He's kind of giving us a little bit of backstory. But in effect, he was arrested by Holy Ghost, and Holy Spirit says, no, I want you to write about this. And so now he's writing to them that they need to contend for the faith that was once delivered for for them and to them. Once delivered. Listen, that is a very important phrase because you and I are living in the times now where everything's being uh, rewritten, right, or uh, altered or adjusted in some way. Some people view and perceive and understand certain documents to be what they call living, meaning it changes over time. Listen, friends, the gospel and even the canon as we have it is supernatural. Uh, It is the word of God that's been preserved from the beginning, from the beginning. Listen, the whole uh, alphabet, the aleph and the tav, the Hebrew, uh, what we know as the Hebrew alphabet, the whole supernatural miracle behind the created language in the written word was God's design uh, all the way up to where you and I are today that we would have uh, as a record God's dealings with man, his words, his heart, a revelation of him through his word. Of course, you know, Holy Spirit helps to reveal that word, but I'm telling you there's something supernatural in the word. There's multiple layers in this word that Holy Spirit is helping us to pull out and to discover and to understand and I'm telling you, the written word is important to you and I. Now, there's a lot of groups that are diminishing that, a lot of groups. In fact, there are some particular groups, and uh, I don't know if I want to get into calling names today, but very particular groups that are diminishing that word, but yet elevating their own word. Listen, there are some apostles and prophets today that are elevating their own revelations above the word. That's dangerous, friends. And so Jude is writing to us. It's, it's still pertinent to us today. He's saying, Be aware, 
something was delivered uh, to you and for you and and in in its wholeness in its entirety and you need to contend for it he called it the faith and we needed to hold on fight for it contend for it keep it protected because people have crept in certain many said have crept in the new king james says unnoticed if we flip over to the amplified classic it says this for certain men have crept in stealthily gaining entrance secretly by a side door listen that's how false doctrine moves moves in never comes in through the front door because jesus is the door remember this in john 10 he says thieves only come in uh some other way other than through the front door no thief can come in through the front door of Jesus Christ. They have got to creep in, uh, sneak in, break in some other way. And that's what these men have done. They didn't come through the door of sound doctrine. They didn't come through the door of a rightly divided word. They didn't come through the door of a harmonization of Scripture. They did not come through the door of that inerrancy, infallibility, and the final authority of the written Scriptures. They came in through some other way. The, uh, here, the Amplified calls it a side door. But Jude is saying their doom was predicted a long time ago. Listen, we've been forewarned. We should not be too shocked. I mean, I guess it's kind of shocking in the moment, but we've been forewarned. My mom used, used to say to be forewarned is to be forearmed, meaning you can be prepared. You have a strategic advantage if, if you've been told about something ahead of time. He says their doom was predicted long ago these are ungodly impious profane people who pervert grace he says of god into now it, it uses a particular word here uh in one translation lewdness another translation says lawlessness wantonness and immorality and they disown and deny our soul master and Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Now, listen, this is so important for today because of all this sexual perversion going on. You talk about absolute filth and crazy perversions. Notice what is going on out here. I'm telling you, it is crazy. Not only have they lusted after strange flesh, meaning um, they are desiring sexual relations with uh, things and people come on counterparts that weren't designed for them hallelujah uh you know it started just you know adult consenting but now you got these perverts who are going after children and he's saying look these these men they've crept into the church and what are we watching right now i mean dozens we're talking about dozens upon dozens we're probably talking about Hundreds. I think we are in the thousands now, and maybe even teetering on tens of thousands. I'm talking about clergy. I'm talking about, quote, men and women of the, quote, cloth. I'm talking about people who stand in pulpits who claim Jesus Christ are pushing sexual perversion. It's weaved into their messages. They're, they're trying to force-fit scriptures, wrongly divided, obviously, but they're trying to force-fit scriptures to support sexual deviancy, perversion from the pulpit, friends. This is what he's talking about. They've turned the message of grace into lewdness, lewdness.
lewdness. Now, the actual word lewdness, if, if, if you look that word up, it means behavior that is sexual in an obvious and offensive way. Lewdness. It's sexual behavior that uh, is obvious and offensive. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Have you looked outside today? You will see lewdness. Now, you, you would kind of expect it from a, from a dark, twisted, demonized world. But what is shocking in some ways, although uh, it was predicted, is to see that trash coming from uh, an organization or a group, group of people that have claimed Jesus on any level. I mean, on any level, who could associate Jesus with this kind of stuff? Well, this is what, what they're doing. Of course, the Bible says that, you know, in the last days, they'll call good evil and evil good. And there are so many layers and levels of evil that the world right now is calling good. And now, and now you got these quote unquote clergy. I mean, these guys are as about as fake as a three, $3 bill. I, you know, you're talking about a wheat and tear church, a tear church, a fake phony, false, uh, deceptive church is anybody, anyone who is what we would call affirming, uh, okay, of this sexual deviancy and perversion. Listen, friends, I don't care who you are. It is wrong on every level. And it's just coming down to that. You're going to have to take a stand. You're going to have to take a biblical stand. You're going to have to take a biblical position and I'm, you know, what they expect us to do is to read the plain, literal reading of the Word of God, and they expect us somehow to derive some twisted, perverted conclusion out of passages like Romans 1 and others, but Romans 1 is uh, one of many, where they're saying, well, that's not really what that means. Well, then, okay, you know, and 1 plus 1 is not 2 anymore either. Like, okay, so we're at, like, insanity uh, derangement levels, now, years ago, years ago, years ago, years ago, this stuff started creeping in. And uh, there's a minister that I know years ago. I, I mean, I, I don't know. We're talking 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. It might have even been longer. I don't know. But at least 10 years ago now. But they were on the radio. They were on Christian radio. And there were several major Christian radio stations that before they would sign a contract to get you know somebody to present their messages their content on their radio station you know throughout their radio network they would have to sign a contract that said that they wouldn't explicitly preach from romans one now this started years ago friends and sometimes you just wonder wait how did we wind up today where this kind of i mean crazy ridiculous sexual perversions are being preached from the pulpit well you didn't you know it, it didn't happen overnight friends it was a drift it was a creep it, it was a perversion. It was a meditation of the heart that didn't get a course correction. And you wound up, you know, in some nasty, perverted place because you started entertaining uh, deviations from the scripture. Like the moment people said, hey, let's not preach from Romans 1 anymore, you know, you know, miles down the road, now you're telling people it's, it's, it's okay for kids, you know, to do this crazy stuff that they're doing now. Listen, it didn't happen overnight but it drifted that way. It's all been foretold. It's all been prophesied. It's all been predicted. And so there's a lot of the church today, they're scratching their head. They're going, how did we get here? 
Well, because 20 years ago, you didn't say anything, you know, uh, uh, about the little drift. All right. So now he's saying you're going to know uh, kind of where you're at. In fact, 2 Timothy 3, he's telling us, I'm going to foretell. I'm going to prophesy to you. I'm going to predict. I'm going to tell you. Holy Spirit say, I'm going to tell you how you're going to know when you're at the end. It's because this kind of garbage is going to be going on. It's going to be in your face. It's in your face right now. It is a, it, it is an agenda of a current president in the United States. It is a political platform. This kind of sexual perversion stuff that you, you used to lock people up and throw away the key for. Now they're pushing in on national television. He says, how did that get in? It crept in and it come in through the front door, came in through a side door. Hallelujah. Now we're not talking about the world. Jude's writing and he's saying people are going to creep into the church. Now this is where you and I need to be really uh, aware. And this is where you and I need to be really concerned. This is where you and I need to be prepared to deal with this stuff and deal with it uh, firmly and strictly and quickly in the name of Jesus. It's one thing if it's going on out here in the kingdom of darkness. It's one thing, you know, for wicked people to be doing wicked things. It's another thing when perverts trying to creep into the church and try and twist the message of grace in order to allow for a space of sexual deviancy or any kind of sexual act. Why is everything got to wind up sexual? I mean, it is crazy. Uh, it is absolutely crazy. This, uh, the inroad here uh, to so many things has a sexual element to it. It's, it's, it's wild. It's, it's, whoa, okay. All right, anyway, so let's read this again. This is Jude chapter 1, verse 4. For certain men have crept in stealthily, gaining entrance secretly by a side door. Their doom, though, was predicted long ago. These are ungodly, impious, profane persons who pervert. That's what they do. They're perverts. They pervert grace. They twist the teachings of the Lord Jesus, he's saying. He said they twist this grace. They pervert this grace of God into lewdness or an allowance for behavior that is sexual and obvious in an offensive way into lawlessness, wantonness, and immorality and they disown and deny the sole master and Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Listen, I don't, I don't know if you're catching what's being said here, but these men and women, they've crept into the church. That should bother you. These men and women have snuck in somewhere, somehow. Now they're leading organizations. Now they're being, quote, unquote, ordained by man, not by God. I can tell you that. Wow, what a dangerous place to stand in a position and say, I work for God. That is dangerous, friends. But it's happening. They've crept in. They're sitting on boards. They're sitting on uh, leadership teams. They're on steering communities, uh, committees. They're, they're, they're being voted in as elders and deacons. They're, they're being you know, honored and promoted because they're big givers. You know, their names are getting here and there. But, but what's going on in their heart? They're, 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 they're drifting. Now look at Acts 20. Let's go over to Acts 20, verse 28. He says, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Now listen, who's he writing to here? Jude's writing generally to the whole body of Christ. Here in Acts 20, Paul specifically, he's writing to the leaders. But I want you to un understand that there's a little bit of responsibility on all of us. Now maybe a heightened responsibility for shepherds in particularly, because they're in a posture and position to, you know, be aware of wolves. But I'm telling you, really, the ad, the admonition is for everybody. 
And, uh, you know, for the families, you know, husbands and wives, you, you're shepherding your home. You got to watch how this stuff is creeping in. How is it creeping in? It's creeping in through phones, laptops, computers, games, video games, little handheld devices creeping in through books. Yeah, people still read books. You know, this big debacle right now is they're trying to push these uh, pornography books into children's libraries. I, I, I mean, have you looked at the news? It's happening right now. Uh, and people, are, you know, when when they're bringing these books out and saying, is, is this what you want our kids to read? They're getting all offended that people are showing them the pictures of this explicit pornography. And they're like, we picked this out of the children's. Like, it's literally a book written for children. We picked this out of the children's section. Are you okay with this? Like, you got to watch. This stuff is creeping in. There's perverts who are wrapping this stuff up in like, this is for children. You know, you ever watch that old movie, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? You know, it was about the guy that built the, you know, the kind of a nutty professor who built this car that could fly and and could float on the water. And, and uh, you know, there's a part to this movie uh, where there's this guy. And at one point he was voted like, you know, uh, you know, the number one scariest uh, villain in movies or whatever. You know, this was many years ago, but I think he's called the child, the child catcher. And he's this kind of hunched over guy in a black suit. Well, he lures these children with these suckers, you know, he's like, Hey, you want a sucker kid? You know, and he's trying to get him up, up in his little, you know, cage in the back of his wagon thing or whatever. If you ever seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, but, but that's what's happening. This, this stuff is being wrapped up in like sugar coated packages, you know, uh, things years ago, people gave no mind to us. Oh, that's just conspiracy. That would never happen. Well, see, you didn't realize how perverted the devil was. You didn't realize how twisted, how how uh, deviant human beings can be when they're influenced by the devil. You didn't realize how lustful demons were. You didn't realize how dirty and perverted demon spirits are, did you? You know, and here we are now uh, because we did not maybe fully understand the level that this garbage would get to. And here we are now. And there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on and it's all targeted. So much of it is targeted at children. I mean, this should make your blood boil. I, I, I mean, this should be upsetting. And what is Jude writing to us about? He's saying, don't let these people creep into your churches. Don't let this ideology creep into your church. Do not let this lewdness in among your midst. But he's saying it's going to try. Now, it can't come through the front door of the rightly divided word. Again, Jesus, John 10, he's the door. He's the door. He's the front door. He's the truth. He's the way. He's the light. He's the life. You can't come in there. None of that garbage can come in there. But it's, but it's going to look for some some other way, some other way. It's going to creep in through some other way, and it's going to take a seat. And it might start in the back, but it's going to try and work its way up to the to, to the seats of honor. And then it's going to try and work its way up to be a part of the up front. It's going to be a part of the that which is seen, that which is demonstrated, that which is uh, exhibited, that which is promoted, that which is accepted. Don't do it, friends. Don't let it in. So back to Acts 20. He's saying, take heed to yourself and all the flock. Now, he's specifically addressing leaders. Take heed to yourselves and all the flock. He said, among which the Holy Spirit's made you overseers. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Verse 30, also from among yourselves, men will rise up. See, this is what he's saying. 
men and women are going to try and creep in. They're going to try and creep in. They're going to try and creep in through various ways. He said, you've got to watch, watch, watch out. Some will try and come in from without, maybe a direct you know, assault from the front. That ain't going to work. Or some will come in from within. Well, how do they get in? Well, it crept in. It crept in through some, some other way. I'm just telling you, it didn't get in through, through the word. It didn't get in through the rightly divided scripture. It didn't get in through a revelation of Holy Ghost. You understand what I'm saying? These, these thoughts, these ideas, somewhere you had to twist the scripture. Somewhere you had to ignore the scripture. Somewhere you didn't consult the scripture. Any group, I'm going to say it again. I said it kind of at the, at the beginning. I'm going to say it a different way now. But any group that diminishes the written word is dangerous. And it's just a matter of time. If you start elevating your own voice, you're, you're going to get off. Um, if you start uh, promoting your own understanding, your own revelation, because you think you're something. Listen, the problem with the doctrine of some of these groups of apostles and prophets is the common temptation to elevate their own revelation over the scripture okay now that is weaved in and out of various groups certain streams certain denominations some are worse than others etc but anytime anytime you are diminishing the written word i'm telling you you're just you're you're asking for something to creep in unnoticed the word is an arbiter the power of the word will bring light and illumination it will expose the deeds of darkness if you maintain the word as the primary entry and exit point for your life then you are going to be massively protected uh in the future from these things trying to creep in you will diminish significantly if not altogether the ability for these other false doctrines, these twistings, these perversions to creep in. All right, so he's saying, uh, be aware. This is verse 30, Acts 20, 30. Uh, men will rise up. They'll speak what? Perverse things. What? Where, where, where did they get that script? It's because they allowed something to come in that was uh, not through the front door of the written word, not through the front door of sound doctrine, not through the front door of rightly divided scriptures, scriptures that harmonize with one another. If you allow uh, something else to interpret scripture, you remember he said, it's, it's, it's not a private interpretation. All these prophetic passages, they synchronize and harmonize together. You can't just take a passage out and privately interpret it. If you do that, you allow the creep. If you do that, you allow false doctrine to come in and take a place. You know, and I've communicated with some people that, you know, it's obvious that they drifted a little bit. And I'll just share my personal opinion with you. Here recently, I was called a literalist, a literalist, because I read the Bible literally. And listen, friends, I'm just telling you right now from my personal opinion, if you read the Bible any other way than literally, I think you're setting yourself up for danger. Like that should be commonsensical. Who said you never read the Bible literally? Some, you know, bozo who had too many who was educated beyond his understanding said that that it was appropriate to read the bible but yet say well even though it reads like this it doesn't really mean that okay wow and you wonder why and how we are in the mess that we're in right now 
Well, uh, call me a literalist because that's what I am. I read the Bible literally, meaning when you just take it in its plain sense, it doesn't mean that it doesn't use metaphor, but we understand the metaphor to mean something literally. It doesn't mean that it doesn't use some symbolism, but we understand what that it's trying to reveal to so, us something literally. Jesus spoke in parable, but we understand that he was trying to get across an understanding of something that is literal. And so when when people, they kind of poke, poke fun, they're like, oh, <laughs> you read the Bible literally. <laughs> yeah, well, that, and, and you wonder why people are refuting your doctrine because you have, I mean, you have taken extreme license to wind up in the conclusion that you're in. Hallelujah. For example, replacement theology. The only way, the only way, the only way that you can wind up replacing Israel and Jacob as not meaning what the Bible clearly says about it is called spiritualization. It is using a technique of interpretation that does not utilize literal reading. And so, you know, and we're the ones being laughed at. <laughs> it's it, it, it's like somebody trying to convince that two plus two is six and not four. Oh, I get it. That's what's going on in the world right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. You were born, born a boy. Oh, but you're not really a boy, even though, yeah, you're a boy through obvious means. Oh, I get it. Doesn't really mean that. See, this is the argument of literalism. That's right. You were born with particular genitals that are boyish, that are mannish. Come on, somebody. You have the genitals of, of a man. Oh, but that's not really, that's literal. Justin, you're being too literal. Oh, okay. So I need some other system of interpretation to interpret what everyone used to interpret as literal. Oh, I get it. Okay, okay. So, so, so that, you understand? That same spirit is being applied to the word. And this is how you open the back door to this garbage. This is how you open the back door to sexual deviancy and perversion. And you masquerade it up to the front and you even put your little cloth on. You even have a Bible in your hand. You even use the name of Jesus, but yet you're speaking devilish language. That's how we get there, friends. Hallelujah. Well, what Jesus said isn't really what he meant. You know, it's like dirt to dirt. You think we're stupid? We can't read the Bible and understand it in a plain sense. This is this is what they're telling us right now. We're having to have like scientists, right? We need the who. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about? You know, we gotta have, you know, you know, the scientists tell us, you know, that the world is doing this and that. You know, I mean, how many thousands of scientists did they have? saying, take the jab, it'll save your life. And tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people died. And now they're saying, oh, wait, you know what? We kind of got it wrong. Oh, that's right. Because the, <coughs> the educated people knew what we should all do. Us dumb serfs, stupid people who can't interpret the Bible literally. Who did that before? Who did that before? Well, you know, we, we have to take it from them because, you know, the regular people, there's no way they can understand what the Bible means. They're too stupid. So we're going to have these special people, right? Only the apostles know what the Bible's saying. Only the prophets can understand the spirit of God. Us people who, you know, are educated or whatever, or we're special because we're in the priesthood or, you know, I've got a white thingy on my shirt or 
I've been to seminary, only I really know what the Bible says. And what's the implications? Well, everyone else is stupid, so I've got to interpret it for them. That's how, that's how we wound up where we're at right now. And they call me stupid because this child that was born a boy is not really a boy. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, help us. Are you, do you, you see where we're at today? We're in Jude, man. What are we contending for? The truth. We are fighting for the truth. We're contending for the truth. We need the truth, friend. And we are going to get it. Hallelujah. And he said, look, you got to be aware, man. These people are, they're trying to creep in. I'm, I'm, I mean, they, they've already creeped in. They, they, they've already usurped. They've already broke in. They've already taken over so many places. You know, you know where they're after now? The church, friends. They're after the church. After the church. They're after that word. They're after that Bible. Hallelujah. They're after that Bible. Man, you had a guy. And uh, just, you know, recently they've uncovered some of his teachings. And it's, it's like now, now, it's getting, now it's getting public. And people know this joker now. But he was saying uh, s- several years ago, he spoke at a seminary. All right, this is to a whole group of pastors. And he said, man, the issue is, the issue today, the issue today is we've got to shift people away from this idea, this teaching, that the Bible is inerrant, infallible, and the final authority. Listen, that is a creeper right there. I'm telling you, that is a pervert right there. Okay, maybe he's not, you know, a sexual predator, but I'm telling you, he's as lewd as they come. Because when you start trying to separate people's confidence from the written word, friends, I'm telling you, you are in dangerous territory. Now, look at this. Romans 16, he says, I appeal to you, brethren. This is verse 17. Be on your guard concerning those that create dissensions, difficulties, and cause divisions in opposition to the doctrine, in opposition to the doctrine. Listen, people are, you know, anybody, you know, in fact, I have faced this over the last several years as we've communicated, as we've talked about false doctrine, why it's dangerous doctrine, like replacement theology, why that's dangerous, why certain, I mean, trending you know, uh, you know, doctrines that are out there, why they're dangerous, why they're concerning, why there's some elements that you need to be aware of. And people go, you're, you're, you're being divisive. You're being divisive. You know, uh, 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 I mean, what do people want? What do people want? What do you want? You want a bunch of perverts? And I'm just not talking about sexually. I'm talking about those you're so perverted. They're so perverted that they cannot rightly divide the scriptures. That's how messed up they are. They're, that's how much mixture is in them. Too much mixture. Too much mixture. And if they don't get the mixture out, you'll never have a rightly divided scripture. You won't have sound doctrine as long as you play around with mixture. You start playing around with lewdness, you're going to have a mixture. And right now, people are calling for the sheep dogs to shut up. But we're like, hey, the only reason why the sheepdogs are howling is because there are wolves present. There's wolves present. And wolves are targeting your weakest, your most vulnerable. And people are just like, oh, you're being divisive, sheepdog. Shut up, sheepdog. Why are you barking? Why are you barking? Okay. All right. Okay. So he says, be on your guard. Where's the real division? 
those, the real division began because somebody tried to bring in some perverted scripture, some twisting of doctrine, some false, phony, fake, watered down, dangerous, perverted, twisted word. That's that. Those are the people that started the division. And those who are rising up saying, get that trash out of here are not the divisive ones, friends. <laughs> I'm telling you, wow, get your stuff together, people. You, you, you're, you're, you're calling down the wrong folks. He says, these ones came in because they were in opposition to the gospel or the doctrine or the teaching which you have been taught from the beginning. He said, I warned you. This is Romans 16. He said, I warned you to turn aside from them and avoid them. The real divisive people, those trying to peddle a compromise on the word of God. The real divisive people are those who stand up in front of thousands of seminary students trying to get their degrees in pastoring. Although, wow, what a debacle. If any single one of them take this joker's admonition that one of the primary objectives is to shift people away from the confidence that the written word, the Bible, the canon as you and I have it, is inerrant, infallible, and the final authority. I'm telling you, we didn't start the fight, friends. That joker started the fight. That is a divisive person to separate people's confidence from the written word, their trust, their hope. Here, we're being admonished. Hey, look, this is going to happen. He's saying it's going to happen. There's going to be a day where it's going to be all over the place. In fact, these enchanters, these seducers, these people who creep into gullible people's homes and take them advantage in their sin. Who are these folks that Second Timothy talks about? They're going to look like, they're going to have the form of godliness, but yet have nothing on the inside of them. And they're going to creep in the gullible people's homes and take advantage of them because they twist the word, trap people in their own sin, take advantage of the fact that they're struggling in sin in order, come on, to usurp control, power. He said, I've, I've warned you about these folks. Mark them, label them. Avoid them. And if you have to, you're going to have to drive them out. Hallelujah, somebody. Verse 18. Hey, these people don't serve the Lord Christ, but their own appetites and their base desires by ingratiating and flattering people. Flatter. Man, I've been flattered. I had this joker here in town flatter me. You know what? He was just trying to get my platform. He was just trying to get me to substantiate him. Listen, beware of flattery. Flattery has an agenda. True honor doesn't have a hidden agenda. Real honor doesn't have a hidden agenda. Flattery has an agenda. Oh, we had this lady come into our church for a while. Man, I tell you, I just didn't know it. I mean, she flattered left and right. But I'm telling you, the moment you said no to her, boom, Jezebel showed up. Because she had an agenda. She had an agenda. She was a narcissist. You couldn't tell her no. Um... But I'm telling you, she would try and work flattery against you. What does the Bible talk about that? Flattery works run or tries to. Hallelujah. You got to be impervious to that kind of stuff. And listen, people that come on strong from day one, uh, you know, this is what I encourage you. Don't, don't come on strong day one. You don't need to do that. Just get in there. Be quiet. Plug in. Be faithful. Do what you're told. Submit. 
but don't come on strong. Don't, don't, don't use flattery. You don't need to use that. Listen, they'll, they'll recognize you. In fact, the fact the Bible says, and I'm paraphrasing, don't toot your own horn. Let, let someone else share about your good works. You don't need to come in and tell them how amazing you are. You're just setting yourself up uh, for failure. Hallelujah. Don't use flattery. Flattery, uh, flattery not only will work run, it'll come back and it'll destroy you, friends. You come in with true honor. You, you come in, sit in the back. Come on. Just, just, just be faithful. You don't need to push, promote. You don't need to toot your own horn. You don't need to try and make a way for yourself. Let God make a way for you. Because that kind of garbage is what the world does. And it has a hidden agenda. It has a hidden agenda. All right, so he says this for such persons. This is Romans 16, verse 18. These people, excuse me, they don't serve Jesus, but they serve their own what? Their own appetites, their own base desires. They use ingratiating, flattering speech, and they beguile hearts of the unsuspecting and the simple-minded. Listen, you got to be some, you have to be some advanced form of simple mind to believe some of this trash that's being peddled out here in the world. Like you, like you have a PhD in simple-mindedness to choke down this garbage that they're telling us out, out, out here. I, I, listen, they think you are an absolute stupid person. Stop placating them by agreeing with this twisting, okay? One plus one is two, friends. And if you agree that one plus one is seven or four or 15, I'm telling you, you are playing the fool, friends. You are playing the fool. And you know what? Then you deserve your reward. You play stupid games, come on. You're going to win stupid prizes, friends. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, you're a laughing stock. The devil's making a mockery of all these people that have rejected truth and exchanged it for beguiling and flattering speech. Wow. Wow. Is that where we're at, man? I, I, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of folk there. Verse 19, he says, for while your loyalty and obedience is known to all so that I rejoice over you. He's talking about to the word, to the word. He said, I would have you well-versed and wise as to what is good. Come on, innocent and guileless to what is evil. Listen, just know the truth, friends. Just know the truth. Stick with the truth. Oh, stick with the truth. Stick with the truth. Stay with the truth. 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it is of the world. Listen, people just want their ears tickled. And... Uh, Apparently, they, they want other things tickled, too, because they're a bunch of perverts. And that is the lure. That's the temptation. They've turned away from the truth. They've turned away from the love of the Father. And they're allowing the world. Now, they may not realize it in the moment, but they're allowing the world to totally beguile them, flatter them, flatter them, lavish them with all kinds of stuff. But I'm telling you, there's a hook, friends. There's a hook. And you're just being used as a pawn for Satan and all his sexual deviancies, perversions, twistings, hatreds, beguilings, witchcraft, sorcery. You're just a pawn, friend. Wake up to that. Come out of that in the name of Jesus and come to the truth. Repent of that garbage. Repent of opening up any side doors, side doors, other holes they've dug up through the floor, 
go back to the front door and say, Jesus, be the door of my heart. Be the door of my home. May the word be the door of my church. May the word be the door of my business. May the word be the door that I train my children in. Hallelujah. All right, let's get down here. Let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's see. Uh, let's see. What verse is this? Okay, so this is, um, look at John, 1 John 2, 1 John 2. So we read 15, uh, 16, and 17. Look at 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Now he's talking about the spirit of Antichrist. Those, even within the church, who've been seduced by this spirit. He said they went out from us, but they were never of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out in order that they made may be manifest. Listen, you got these jokers that are standing up here on a Sunday morning behind their pulpit, and you know, they got Jesus on the door or whatever. Listen, they were never with us, friends. And in fact, this filth that's coming out of their mouth is a is a manifestation. It's it's a revelation. Everybody can see it. Everybody can see it. Everybody can see it. Everybody of the truth knows it. Everybody of the truth can see it. It's a testimony. He's telling you they're going to be made manifest. And he says, when you see that kind of garbage happen, you're going to know they were never with us to begin with. These are those people that crept in. And now they're the pastor of your church. They crept in and now they're the deacons, the elders. They've crept in. Now they're sitting on the boards of these spiritual organizations making these perverted rules that's allowing lewdness to come in on all kinds of levels. Hallelujah. Oh, he, he said it's right before our eyes. They were never, they were never of the truth. Verse 26, he says, I write this to you with reference to those who would deceive you. They are attempting to seduce you and lead you astray. Again, beware for uh, this push, unity for unity's sake. Listen, the very, the most divisive people, these, these crazy folks, twisted, perverted, lewd, they're lewd. The most divisive people are these lewd people. And they're coming in, and when you push back on that, I'm talking about when the truth pushes back on that. They'll go, oh, 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 you're you're so divisive. You're such a fighter. You don't you don't love. You don't love. No love. You're not forgiving me. You're not forgiving. Listen, don't listen to that garbage, friends. That right there is gonna. It's trying to beat you down. It's it's, it's trying to wear you out. Trying to get you confused, thinking you're doing something wrong because you're trying to protect the truth. This is what he's saying. He's saying they're trying to deceive you and seduce you and lead lead you astray, and they're gonna push back and. Claim you're not being tolerant. They're going to call you all kinds of names. They're going to they're going to try to paint you as a hateful person. Listen, we have to be aware in our day. I, I honestly I didn't see it coming, and I really I don't know if I've even known how to communicate it. But unity for unity's sake, unity for unity's sake, unity for unity's sake begs compromise, friends. It begs compromise. Don't do it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, somebody's trying to, you know, they're going to try. It's it's happened to me. It's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to everybody, probably. They're going to try and uh, force you into, you know, trying to substantiate them. They're going to say, you spoke against us. No, no, no. I just detailed the differences. And uh, people will choose. People will have to choose. You're in a moment of decision, friends. 
And it has to be like Joshua, as for me and my house. Nobody can make that decision for you. You are going to have to make that decision because Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and you're either going to let him be the door, doorkeeper or some other pervert is going to be the doorkeeper of your heart. And you have to make a decision, friends. You're going to have to make a decision. Unity for unity's sake requires compromise. We're not about that. We're unified for Christ's sake. Now, I'm telling you, it's going to be extremely divisive. Even Jesus said, I came to bring division. It's, it's his way or no way, friends. It's the truth. Now, there's a loving way to do that. I'm not saying be hateful. I'm not saying be, I've been maybe a little bit sarcastic today slightly, but um, I'm just saying it's unity for Christ's sake, unity that's built around the word, unity that one plus one equals two. That's what I'm talking about because you cannot entertain anything else. There is no other way to rightly divide that. Now, in verse 19, it's very interesting here because he's saying that they're going to be made manifest. This is of particular interest because the false is not completely disassociated with the church or Jesus. This is what I've been saying this entire podcast. It, the false, the fake, the phony is not entirely disassociated with these concepts of love or mission or fellowship or Sunday morning or Sunday service. They are ecumenical. They promote unity. They promote fellowship. They promote working together. They promote the Bible. Dude, there are there are totally there are cults that use the Bible along with their other cultic materials, friends. They're they're not completely disassociated with Jesus. That's the hook. That's the deceptive element here. I mean, they come in the name of the Lord. In fact, we were warned. So many are going to say, I come in his name. I come in his name. Well, how are you going to know if they come in his name? Well, the fruit. Fruit proves. Fruit is proof. Listen, some of these fake and phonies, they take communion. means nothing to them to do it uh, unworthily. It means nothing to them. They're deceived. They're going to receive offerings. It means nothing to them to do it in a twisted way. They promote the Bible. They carry the Bible. They, they, they have one or two scriptures they preach from, from the Bible, that they're trying to force fit and cram to mean some sort of perverted something or other. Again, many are here, friends. They're already here. They're already among the church. They're probably trying to creep in into your church. They're unnoticed right now at best or unconfronted at worst. But here John is saying that those who are among the church and who have been deceived into false doctrine, listen, it's just a matter of time and they will be made manifest. And then at, this, at that point, you're going to have a decision to make. I just read something the other day. I don't remember which group is promoting this, but... They're calling for right now, like wherever you are, whatever denomination, whatever church, whatever affiliation, okay, whatever organization, if you are uh, trans-affirming, any of this twisted, perverted, sexual-affirming, just go ahead and come out now so that everybody knows. Just let us know where you are, who you are, where are you hiding at, you know, which team, which elder board, which deacon board, come on, which, which oversight board. Which pew are you sitting in? Just just go ahead and let's make it known now, and then we can do the parsing. Listen, because division is coming, friends. Division is on the way. Now, let's close with this because I'm out of time. I want to give you just a couple things here. I, I, I said we talk about six people to be aware of in these days. N- number one is the heretic, and I think this is probably the most obvious. 
The heretic is the most prominent, perhaps the most dangerous of false teachers. Peter warned against him, the heretic, in his second letter. And he says, false prophets are among the, are, are, also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. It's not going to end well for these folks, but, you know, in between them and the poor ending, it can cause a lot of damage. This was 2 Peter 2, 1. But where are the heretics? 2 Peter 2, 1. Again, beware the heretic. The heretic is the person who teaches uh, what blatantly contradicts an essential teaching of the Christian faith. He's a gregarious figure, a natural leader, teaching just enough truth to mask his deadly error. Yet in denying the faith and celebrating what is false, he leads his followers from the safety of orthodoxy to the peril of heresy. Now, I'm just going to say this here. I'm just going to say it here. I'm going to say it here. I'm going to say it now because I may have to repeat myself again in the future, but I think it's important to say this now is that I think orthodoxy is being defined again. Hallelujah, somebody. You better know what is absolute orthodoxy. All right, the charlatan. The charlatan. This is the second person we need to be aware of. These aren't necessarily in any particular order, but let's get through these before we get done with the podcast. All right, the charlatan. The charlatan is only interested in the Christian faith to the extent that it can fill his wallet. These are the money folks. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I tell you, Jesus help us all. The charlatan is the person who uses Christianity as a means of personal enrichment. Paul charged Timothy to be on guard against him. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teachings that accord with godliness, he's puffed up and with conceit and understands nothing. He is an unhealthy, or he has, this person, the charlatan has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, suspicions, and constant friction among people who are of depravity in mind and depraved of the truth. They imagine, according to First Timothy 6, 3-5, they imagine that godliness is a means to material or financial gain. Again, we were warned in First John 2, don't love the world. Listen, this is how you're going to recognize the charlatan because he loves the world more than he loves the Father. Lust of the, of the, of the flesh. You just got to keep that in check, friends. Listen, some people will use this and say, well, we should never give our ministers anything. No, that's stupid because the Bible says a workman is worthy of his wage. Those who labor in prayer, in the teaching of the word, and in leadership among you who watch over your souls, they're worthy of double honor. Double honor and no more, though. Okay, Somebody is requiring of you more than double honor? Who do they think, who do, who do they, think they are? An apostle or something? <laughs> a prophet? Modern-day prophet? I, I believe in prophets, by the way. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm kind of pushed back on this idea that these apostles and prophets are the cast meow. You know, the vast majority of those claiming to be apostles right now are just simply not. Um, it, but, you know, that's a topic for another day. Hallelujah. All right, so he says this, be aware of the charlatan. Again, the charlatan is only interested in the Christian faith to the extent that it can fill his wallet or get him all kinds of stuff. He uses his leadership position uh, to benefit from others' wealth. So he personally tries to usurp the prosperity of others for his own gain. That's that's the charlatan. All right, then th- thirdly here in our list is the prophet, the false prophet, or those who think they're prophets. Listen, I did a podcast called Prediction Addiction. All right, some of these jokers, I'm telling you because social media, 
you can create a Facebook account, YouTube channel, or whatever, TikTok, or I don't know what all is out there, Instagram, whatever. You say, I'm a prophet today. I'm a prophet. Look, look at me. I'm prophesying. I'm prophesying. I'm prophet lying. Hallelujah. Then you'll be prophet dying if you get that twisted, friends. Listen, these are things that need to be reevaluated with a little more reverence and fear of the Lord in. But the prophet, the general prophet, and, you know, there's 100,000 fakes probably. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to give an, a percentage because I don't know. But, I, but I'm saying there's more fakes than there are real. The prophet claims to be gifted by God to speak fresh revelation outside of Scripture. Oh, he thinks he has new and authoritative words of prediction, teaching, rebuke, and encouragement. Again, the key here is if they start elevating their voice above the word. Dangerous. False. Dangerous. John offered an urgent warning about this guy, about this false prophet. He said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. That's 1 John 4, 1. Listen, Christians must test the spirits to determine if they originate from Holy Spirit or from a demonic spirit. Later, John declared that God had spoken fully and finally in Scripture and offered the most solemn warning against anyone who claims to bring revelation equal or contrary to the Scripture. I'm telling you, this is happening right now. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plague described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. That's Revelation 22, 18 through 19. Now, before I go on, let's say this. You can have somebody that prophesies falsely, and that situation would be totally different than a false prophet. In the New Testament, we're encouraged to desire prophecy, but then we're also encouraged to test it, judge it, have others weigh in on it. If you get upset that somebody else is going to judge your prophecy, friends, you are in a dangerous place. It's part of the process and the protocol. In fact, look for it, encourage it, and invite it. Hallelujah. If you think you have a prophetic word, have it tested before you give it. Hallelujah. Or if you do give it, say, wait, I'll retract it should it be determined that I missed it. All right, next is the abuser. The abuser uses his position of leadership to take advantage of other people. Usually he takes advantage of them to feed his sexual lust. Whoa, Jesus help us. Though he may also desire power. Both Peter and Jude were aware of the abusers. And he says this in 2 Peter 2.2, he said, And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for them this condemnation. We read that already from Jude 4. Listen, the abuser claims he is tending souls, but his true interest is ravishing bodies. He works his way into women's lives. Second Peter talks about gullible women. Of course, I, I think we can include gullible men. Hallelujah. Even gullible children. Where are the protector of the children? Where's the doorkeeper? Who's protecting these children? That's what I want to know. He works his way, the abuser, work his way into these people's lives. He'll work his way into people's confidence, their homes, and maybe even their beds. When he is not pursuing illicit sexual pleasures, he may be domineering, dominating people to gain power, abusing them on his path to prominence. He does this in the name of ministry. I'm telling you, he'll do it in the name of first fruits. He'll do it in the name of tithes and offerings if you let him. He does this in the name of ministry with the claim of God's anointing. He unapologetically uses and abuses others to feed his 
lusts. Obviously, we're saying that does include sexual. It doesn't always have to include that, but it definitely could include sexual deviancies or just deviancies with power, control, authority, thinking he's, she's the big shot, the stuff, you know, and sometimes they'll come in, they'll elevate like, well, I'm the man of God. I'm the woman of God. We saw that with the shepherding movement, too much control, too overhanded, big government, big, too, too, too big, too big government. Hallelujah. Little government. Hallelujah. All right. Next, the last two here, the divider, the divider. The divider uses false doctrine to disrupt or destroy a church. He gleefully divides brother from brother and sister from sister. Jude warned about these as well. He says, in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. But he says, you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit and keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. The divider is devoid of the Holy Spirit, whose first fruit is love and whose special work is holding believers together in the bond of peace. This false person brings strife, not love. The divider brings strife, pedals and strife, not love. The divider generates factions, not unity, and he desires discord and not harmony. Sometimes the divider may slyly introduce unbiblical doctrines, or he may even undermine the ordained leadership. He does it all for the perverse satisfaction that comes with destruction. And lastly, the tickler. That's right, the tickler. The tickler is the false teacher who cares nothing for what God wants and everything for what men want. He is the man pleaser rather than the God pleaser. Paul thought of him as the ear tickler. For the time is coming, Paul says, when people will not endure sound doctrine. They will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. That's 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4. The tickler craves popularity and praise from the world and from the people. He'll do anything to get that hand clap. Oh, brother. Oh, sister, you're amazing. Oh, I mean, they, they, they are like a train uh, pony show. You know what I mean? They're that circus clown that does tricks for giggles. He says, this person, the tickler, they'll do anything, friends, to maintain their followers' adoration. Their followers just, oh, well, flattery. They love flattery. They love flattery. And they'll only preach the parts of the Bible they deem acceptable or to keep their constituents throwing the nickels in the offering plate. Therefore, the tickler, they speak much of happiness and all this kind of stuff, but little about sin, much of heaven and nothing of hell. They only give the people what they want to hear. Hallelujah. Now, listen, the goodness of God leads men to repentance, but I agree 100% that there's a whole council that must be teached. Uh, taught, teached. <laughs> There's a whole council that must be preached. Uh, you know, I have my favorite passages. I have my favorite messages. I have the ones that I feel like I'm better at delivering than others. But I'm telling you, the reality is Holy Spirit wants to give a full course meal. Hallelujah. Listen, if you give your kids only sugar all the time, mm. that's not good, friends. Sometimes they need a little bit of the good stuff, the healthy stuff. Hallelujah, somebody. Well, I hope you got something out of this today. We're going to bring it to a close right there, friends. But I'm telling you, look out and be aware. Be smart, be wise, 
be kind, be loving. But I'm telling you, nowhere in the Bible does he said that we have to entertain the wolves, friends. We don't pet wolves. We just don't do it. We're not going to do it. Okay. If you got something out of that today, well, praise God. Share it with somebody. And uh, if you want us to mail them a CD of this one, send us an email with their address. And we'll get it right out to them. Hallelujah. Hey, if we can pray for you, agree with you, we believe God answers prayer, especially when two or three come into agreement on his word, in his will. Miracles happen. If you need somebody to pray with you, uh, you can send us an email, hello at gracecitychurch.tv or call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message and somebody will get right back with you. Again, friends, thank you so much. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed.